Again, we're talking about refocusing on the family throughout this series of meetings uh, and series of studies. If you ever have a splinter and it's just, you can feel it, but you really can't see anything. You can tell that it's there, it's just irritating. And you have to get the magnifying glass out so that you could really focus in on that, make it bigger so you could see it, so that you could grab onto it, maybe with a tweezers or a needle or whatever, just so you can get it out and relieve that irritation. We've all been there and had to do something like that. And that's the idea. Sometimes with that magnifying glass, you have to just get it just right so that you could focus in on it and make it bigger. And that's what we're doing. We're magnifying some of these things. We're adjusting uh, to focus in on some of the things that we need to talk about so that we get them out there and so that we think about those things. And what we want to do this morning is talk about parenting with purpose. Psalm 127 and verse 1, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And so we have the idea here that we want to establish a home that is built upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ. The way that we do that is we dig deep, we hear what Jesus has to say, and we do what the Bible has to say for us to do. And especially in regards to family, and in this case, parenting and our kids. So we're going to talk about parenting with purpose and talk about arrows in the hand of a mighty man. And that is taken from Psalm 127. We've been talking about verse 1. Verse 4 says this, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. So the Bible describes here children like arrows. And if you think about a warrior who would go out and he would uh, be drawing back his bow, he would aim that arrow and he would be trying to strike. Uh, something across from him that would be his enemy, he's aiming that particular arrow towards something. So let's take a few moments just to talk about the arrow and what that means to us as far as being parents towards our children. And really it's about parenting with purpose. Children are arrows, not balloons. It's unfair to our children to allow them just to drift through life and not give them any direction. That's not right. The Bible talks about some of those things. It says that the foolishness is bound in the heart of a child and you, you need to drive it far from them. That's taking them from a balloon mindset. That's the foolishness. And if you just leave them to themselves. Matter of fact, let's just read what the Bible has to say about that. Proverbs 29 and verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Now this is not necessarily about the discipline part of it, although that would be certainly about an arrow, but it's about a child left to himself. That's just letting him drift. That's just letting him do his own thing. Oh, you can't correct that. He's got to become who he is or who she is. No, it doesn't work that way. They're arrows, not balloons which means that we need to take aim. And if you think about a target that we might be aiming at, pick the target and pick the right target that you're going to aim at. Too many times we are focused too much on not aiming at that target that we're not really aiming at a target. Here's what I mean by that. Over on this side we got sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
And we want to aim them away from that. So we just aim in this general direction as long as it's away from that. That won't work. That's not effective parenting. That's not parenting with purpose. And then there's too many targets. What are we really aiming at? Are we aiming at sports and are we aiming at education and we're aiming at spiritual things and we're aiming at this over here and that over there and it, everything is chaos in the home because they don't know what you're aiming at because we've got our children spread too thin with too many things or are we aiming at the wrong thing altogether sports band education money those types of things you know there's nothing wrong intrinsically with those things but when that's our aim, that's a problem. We've got to pick the right target. And the Bible tells us what the right target is. First of all, let's look at it in the negative part. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Number one, you need to aim him away from hell. Well, that means towards heaven. Aim the child towards heaven. That's the goal. That's the target. Ephesians 6 and verse 4. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That is the aim. That is the goal, to bring them up in the care and the training and the discipline of the Lord. That's our goal. That is our aim as parents. So don't, you know what? If you'll aim your kids that way, you don't have to worry about what you're not aiming them at because you're not aiming them that way anyway. But don't just shoot in the dark. Aim them towards the nurture and admonition of the Lord and train them that way. The next thing we understand about arrows is the arrow is not effective until it's released. This is something that I'm having to grasp more now than I had to before, is that at some point you've got to let your kids go. At some point you've got to release them. 18, 19 years ago, Isaac's 19 now, that seemed like so far away. It goes like that. Now I'm looking at Chloe, my last one, at 11, and I'm thinking, man, I've only got a few years left. At some point, you've got to let them go. And if you treat them like a balloon, they're going to drift all through life, have no direction whatsoever. If we aim them at the wrong target, that's the target that they're going to go to because that's what's most appealing. But at some point, we have to release him. Here's some things your kids need to know early and young. Galatians 6 and verse 7, Do not be, or be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You know what? Your children need to know that there are consequences to decisions that they make. You already know that. Adulting is hard. <laughs> because there are consequences to the decisions that we make. Whether good or bad, they just need to know that there are consequences. There are too many parents out there that when their child gets in trouble at school for something that they actually did or does not make the grades that mom is meeting with the teacher and the principal and saying, you need to fix this. No, your child needs to fix it. There are consequences to decisions that they make. Don't be deceived. I'm pointing back there because that's my screen. 
don't be deceived God is not mocked there are consequences but if you don't prepare your children for those consequences in life what are they gonna do when those consequences come along they're not gonna be ready to deal with them don't be a helicopter parent that's the term that's used today where you go behind and hover and make sure that everything's okay for your child everything will not be okay at all times for your child it's just the fact of the matter in Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 11 says I returned and saw unto the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong neither yet bread to the wise nor yet riches to the men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill but time and chance happeneth to them all you know sometimes bad things happen because bad things happen there's a new term it's not helicopter parents it's lawnmower parents that the parents are going in in front of the child and making sure the path is clear so that they have no difficulties or challenges in life that doesn't help them either because they're not prepared to deal with time and chance that happens to us all they don't know how to deal with those things Job said in Job 14 and verse 1 he says man is a few days and full of trouble that's the way life is it's just full of trouble if if life wasn't full of trouble here we wouldn't long for heaven so much if everything was easy we're ready for the easy we're ready for that Sabbath rest that we get in eternity that's what we're looking for That's what we're hoping for it's not gonna be here and our children need to know that I want to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 if you would this is a not up on the screen so let's just look at this Ecclesiastes chapter 3 beginning there verse 1 to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted a time to kill and a time to heal a time to break up and a time to build up or break down and a time to build up sorry a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to get and a time to lose a time to keep and a time to cast away a time to rend and a time to sow a time to keep silence and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate a time of war and a time of peace you know there's times that there's going to be births and that what a fantastic time that is there's also times that there's death things happen and your children need to be aware of how things happen so that they can deal with those things appropriately and like a Christian by bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord don't go in front of them and make sure that everything's gonna be okay because at times everything's not gonna be okay because there's a time for everything prepare them for those moments don't let them just drift and be a balloon and then we see in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24 and the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle unto all men apt to teach patient in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will this world would be fantastic all of my relationships would be fantastic if everybody would just agree with me unfortunately that's just not how it's gonna work it's not ever gonna work that way 
Lori doesn't even agree with me all, time, all the time. Isaac is now 19. He certainly does not agree with me all the time. Okay? That's just the way relationships are. We're not always going to agree with one another. Our children need to know that and then know how to appropriately deal with that. If we just le leave them to themselves, my side of the family tends to argue and get mad and blow up and that kind of thing. Or pout, whichever way you want to look at it. That, you know, that's what my side of the family does. If we just leave it to ourselves, that's what we're going to do. That's what our child is going to do. Or part of Lori's side of the family is just to avoid that altogether. Let's pretend that never happened. That doesn't help either. And I'm not throwing anybody and saying the casting stones. That's just, we're people. That's the way we are. We have to work through that. Her side of the family has to work through that. We have to work through that on my side. I'm blowing up and she's avoiding. That doesn't work. And not really. That's not how, you know, it's not that black and white, cut and dry. But you understand the point. But if our children know that there's going to be conflicts and we're not going to get along with everybody, but we still act that way, we'll get along and we'll be all right. That's the point. Because at some point, you're going to have to let them go. Where are they going? So while your children are small, we want to take aim. Give them direction. So how do we do that? Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll begin reading there in verse number 1. Again, that's, this is not on the screen, so we'll have to turn to the Bible to do that. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and beginning verse 1. says, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments with which the Lord God, your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and thy, uh, they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house, and on thy gates. So some instruction here that's given to the children of Israel as they're about to enter the promised land. And Moses wants them to be successful, and so he's preparing them. See, for 40 years they've just been wandering around in the wilderness. And they've been watching the, their fathers before them die in that wilderness. Moses doesn't get, get to go with them, and so he's preparing them. He says, this is what you need to do to be successful. Isn't that what we want to do as parents? Isn't that our goal? We want to be successful. We want our children to be successful. So if that's our goal, then certainly it would do us well to listen to what he's saying here in Deuteronomy, the second telling of the law, because he's done that and previously, but now he's preparing those children before they go to the promised land to be successful. So how can we do that? 
First of all, notice in verse number 2 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says, I command thee, thou, and thy son, and my son's son. This is something that it was meant to be perpetual. It was meant to be for you and for your children and their children and so on and so forth. <clears throat> and so sometimes it starts with, uh, well, I'll just tell you a story um, after this. My great-grandpa um, was not a religious man until he married my great-grandma. My great-grandma was of a faith that believed that you really didn't have salvation until you were baptized, and then you were able to speak in tongues. And once you were able to speak in tongues, that's really when salvation came. <clears throat> so my great-grandpa, I'm just going to say grandpa from here on out because that's quicker and easier. My grandpa was out in a field, his field, and he was working, but he was yelling. And uh, that's kind of the way we springers are. We tend to do that sometimes. But he was yelling so much so that his neighbor, farmer, friend across the way said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm praying. He said, oh, what are you praying about? And he said, <clears throat> I've been told that if I pray hard enough and long enough and loud enough that I'll get this spirit so that I can speak in tongues, so I'm just getting louder and louder, maybe God will hear me. And at that point, that preacher said, well, let me tell you about this. And he taught, taught him the gospel, and he became a Christian the way that is prescribed in the Bible. He wasn't worried about speaking in tongues anymore. Eventually, he became an elder. Eventually, one of his sons, my grandpa became a deacon and my grandpa's son my dad became an elder and uh, his other son became an evangelist and now his grandson is an evangelist you see the progression that starts there with my great-grandpa now of course the Shelton side also my mom's side that was that comes into it too although I don't really know that history I don't know and I, I would like to know someday but but you see the point this is about his son him his son and then his son's son and then so on and so forth. And also Nathan's an evangelist, so I almost didn't, I don't want to mention that too. And Jacob's doing wonderful things in the kingdom. You see, it started with him. See what is, what's happened there? And that legacy. And so that's what he's telling them here. I want you to be successful when you go to that land. So I command you this day, I command you, your son, and your son's son. He says, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land, whether you go to possess it. The fact of the matter is this. It starts with you. Parenting starts with you. It doesn't start with a kid. A kid doesn't determine the direction of the family. You do. What you've been taught, you do. We talked about that on Sunday. that thou mightest fear or respect the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments. It's incumbent upon you to respect God, to show that reverence and respect in your home that you're going to do whatever you need to do to show that respect to God, to keep all of his commandments and to do what he says to do. To hear and observe to do it. Another version, the New American Standard Version, says it this way, listen and be careful to do it. 
Really dig in to do it. Dig deep. Lay that foundation on the rock that is Christ. That's what he's saying here. Well, obviously not Christ in this point, but that's the point of what he's making, to, to be successful. James chapter 1 and verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity or over, overflow of naughtiness. You lay all that aside, all the sin and everything that's evil. And receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Don't just listen, do. Be careful to observe to do those things because you respect God and who he is. So it starts with you living those things out. And he says in verse 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Your children need to see in you a resolve that you belong to God. That you are going to love God with every fiber of your being. From the inside out, from the outside in. From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Whatever illustration would help you to understand with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's what your children need to see in you if you are going to expect that from them. It will not work if you don't. Matthew 22 and verse 36, the, the lawyer asked the question, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What does that mean, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets? Well, if we look at the Ten Commandments, and I know that might be too small to read, but thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. Uh, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Got the other verse stuck in my head. Thou shalt not make into thee a graven image. And the first four are about the relationship that we have with God. And if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you're not going to have any other God before him. If you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you're not going to worship a graven image. You're not going to say his name in vain. And you're going to set aside the day that he's told you to set aside. That's the point that it hangs all the law and the prophets. Because you love him, you're going to do what he says. And you're not going to do things that hurt him. And then love your neighbors yourself. If you love your parents as yourself, you're going to honor them. If you love your neighbors yourself, you're not going to kill them. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to covet what they have. You see how all this fits? That's why on these two things hang all the law and the prophets. Your children need to see that kind of a love in you that you're not doing this as some, some sort of checklist. Well, it's, if, if you complain about going to church on Sunday, it's Sunday morning, got to go to church. What do you think your kids are going to do? If they go to church, they're going to complain about going to church. Chances are they're not going to go to church because you didn't like it. Why would they? That's the point about loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. They need to see that love in you so that they see that dedication in you. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Psalm 119, verse 9, says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's what it means by putting it in your heart. You put the word of God, you put those commandments and those laws and those statutes and those judgments, 
You put them in your heart so that when it comes time, when it comes crunch time to make a decision, you love God and you're going to do what he says. Therefore, you're not going to sin against him because that would break his heart. That would hurt him and you don't want to do that. You don't want to hurt God. Your kids need to see that type of a diligence in you and a love and a fervor for God in you. Luke 11 and verse 46, here's the point. And he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laid men with burdens grievous to be born, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. The parenting style that will not work, it's a failure every time. Do what I say, not what I do. It will not work. They're balloons at that point. You're not helping them. You're leaving them to themselves so that they become ashamed to their mother. You, it starts with you and your diligence. And some of the hard things about parenting is this very thing. Because they're going to see you. I believe some of my biggest failures as a father is seeing those mistakes being played out in my children. I hate that. So I've got to fix those mistakes so that they don't see those things. And we're going to make mistakes. Parenting is not, it's about taking that magnifying glass out and it's moving it in and out at times, you know, to get it just right. Because we're going to make mistakes. Readjust, refocus, get back to where we need to be. Love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Then, at that point, we continue with what he says there, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. The idea of teach diligently is a wet stone. A few years ago, we got to go to Hot Springs, Arkansas. It was not what I expected. I expected to be able to get into one of those areas where we could go swimming in the hot springs. If you're expecting that, it's not how it works. You have to go to the bathhouse kind of thing. Anyway, side note there. But one of the things, you know, it's a touristy town, of course. And so we, we're walking through there, and they're selling these wet stones. And it's from those mountains, and it's supposed to be pretty good for sharpening knives. So I picked one up. I don't know how to use it. I know the general idea, but I would probably have nicks and all kinds of stuff in, the, in my knife. Here's how it works. You take this stone, and you rub the blade on that stone, and you've got to be consistent with how you're putting it on there. You've got to lay it just right. And then you turn it over and you do the same thing and it's got to be the same angle and the same consistency as the other side. And then you take the burr off once you've developed that burr and that's what's going to make that knife really sharp. That's the idea here. We take our kids and we teach them diligently. We're consistent over and over. And then we work them again and again and again. And when we need to, we take the burr off so that they are prepared with the Word of God to do what God has asked them to do. That's the idea of teach them diligently in this whetstone to wet. And he says, Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. There's a place for formal Bible study. There certainly is, and I'm, I wouldn't discourage that. 
There's a place for setting aside a time so that you can that you can devote to to talk to your children about the Word of God and talk about principles, maybe talk about chapters, overall things in the Bible so that they understand what Genesis means or they understand what the book of Acts is about or Ephesians or whatever. There's certainly times uh, for that, but this is talking about informal Bible study. This is talking about practical Bible study. That everywhere you go, you talk about the Word of God. When you get up, when you lay down, when you're on your way, when you're sitting down, you just talk Bible. You're talking about things in practical ways so that they are prepared to deal with things in practical ways that God has designed. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 13 says, For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. This is a concept that we need to develop in our lives, but also we're doing this for our children, that we use the Bible in our home. And we talk about the Bible in our home. And we use the Bible in practical ways so that they have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil when they're confronted with things in life. There's got to be more than that. Let's sit down on Monday morning at 8.15 and we'll spend 15 minutes talking about the Bible or whatever, you're, whatever it may be in your home. There's a place for that, no doubt. But we got to get this practical stuff. I'm going to give you an illustration. I was in a home of a, of a man and his son had come home. His son was little. And he said, Dad, I got you a newspaper. And the dad said, well, thanks, son. And then he got to thinking. He said, I don't get the newspaper. He said, son, where'd you get this? He said, well, it was out in front of the neighbor's house. It wasn't in their yard. It wasn't in his driveway. It was in the road. So technically it wasn't on his, you know, so he was thinking it's free. Anybody can take it, right? And the, and the dad brought Bible principles and talked about what it means to steal and that's not appropriate. And he was very gentle with him, but he was corrective with him. But he used Bible principles to teach how to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. That's using the Bible in everyday situations to help them have their senses exercised so that when they're faced and confronted with those things, that they are prepared to deal with them. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 8, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and thou shalt, they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. Always in front of you, always where they can be seen, and as frontlet between the eyes, always in your mind. That's the idea there. So we see it, and it's in here, in our heart. So we talk about those things with our children, and we're consistent about talking those things. We're just sharpening the knife. And when we have to, we remove the burr by keeping those things in our mind and in our sight. Verse 9, And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. You see those things whether you're coming or going. They're always in front of you. That's the way we help our children. That's the way we aim our children is by taking the word of God, putting it to use, and then showing our kids how to put those things to use. In a nutshell, that's Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. So the question is, are you aiming them?
Are you parenting with purpose as a mighty man, aiming his arrow towards heaven? That's the goal. Are you diligent about that? Are you consistent about that? That's what it means to be parenting or to be a parent with purpose. Wherever you aim them, likely, that's where they're going to land. Not always. Sometimes they go their own way. Certainly that happened in the Garden of Eden. They went their own way. And it'll happen to your kids too, perhaps. But you do everything you can to aim them right. Because you know, some things, sometimes when you're aiming that arrow, you, do, you can't see some things coming. You can't see the wind coming. Sometimes it starts all kinds of things. A bird might get in the way. You've done everything you could. You aimed it right, and you aimed it in that direction, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes your child just doesn't hit that target. Don't let that be on you. Let that be something else, but not you. Take aim. And if we can help you with that this morning, let us know, and we'll help you in whatever way we can. Let us know by coming forward and sitting on the front. We'll do whatever we can to help you with prayers to start with, but beyond that, even more than that, whatever it, we have to do to help you to take aim. You know, one of the problems of parenting these days, we don't like to listen to the advice of other people. We're too proud. I got this. You know what? As a parent with someone with not, that's had 19 and one that's 11 and two in between, I don't always got this. And sometimes I need advice. Sometimes I need help. Sometimes I need somebody to say, you know what, they need whatever. Don't blow up at them and say, well, we got this. Listen to what they had to say. And if you've been too proud up to this point that you've been trying to do it your own way and maybe you haven't listened to the advice, certainly let's get that advice and let's make sure that we're aiming our children in the right direction.